Hello and welcome to episode six of the Speaking Club podcast. Let's get social. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello and welcome to the show. I am really chuffed to be joined this week by Lindsay Burden. Lindsay is a social media expert and business advisor. And I first bumped into her at a women's conference here in the UK, quite a big event at which she opened, actually. She is a brilliant speaker, as well as all the other stuff that she does. And in this episode, she shares some fantastic tips for your speaking, also for growing your brand and your business online, and just generally learning how to make social media work for you. But that's enough from me. Let's hand over to the lady who specialises in no jargon. Lindsay Burden. Hello and welcome to the show, Lindsay Burden. Good morning. Now, I mentioned in the intro that um, you've had your own company for about four years now, but before that, you were a city centre manager for a big city in the UK called Salisbury. And uh, if you're listening outside the UK, to give you an idea of just how big Salisbury is and how busy it gets, it's 10 miles from an old pile of rocks called Stonehenge, which is known as the most mysterious place in the world yes even more mysterious than roswell and it gets about one million visitors per year so that must have meant things were pretty hectic but what what did that role involve that the city center manager role that sounds it sounds like quite an immense job it, it was an immense job in many ways. What we did is we worked with all the businesses in Salisbury. We worked really hard to bring them together and look at some of the issues. So if it was car parking, if it was how we're going to deal with the visitors and how we can maximise on that potential for them. For some of them, it was around marketing and, and how they wanted to develop their businesses. So yeah, it was a, such an interesting role. I loved it. Some of the things I did was I organised the Christmas light switch on for five years. We oh, organised... Wow other events such as St George's Day celebrations so it was a it was a very wide and varied role that I had um, it put me very much in the public eye both with the businesses and the general public I was well known shall we say in Salisbury <laughs> for some time and I couldn't go anywhere without someone stopping me to say what about the car parking or what are we doing about this it was quite hard to go out and relax uh, like, like a sort of a, a celebrity but one that people felt owed them something it, it was very much like that, but probably a Z celebrity. I wasn't very high on the list. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I noticed that you said that when you were in this role, it gave you a lot of insight into why businesses fail and perhaps why, why others are successful. Have you got any general tips for business owners based on that, maybe how to avoid some of the pitfalls that you saw? I think that the biggest thing that we, we noticed was when I first started in the role, so I did it for 10 years, and when I first started, it was a very, very different world. 
um, people still came into a city and enjoyed leisure time that included shopping and having a coffee with friends. And it was a very, very different world to that that we live in today. And I think the one thing I noticed more than anything is that some of the business owners perhaps weren't embracing the changes that we were seeing and wanted to carry on doing the things that they had always done in the same way. And they just kind of fell by the wayside, I guess, if, if they didn't, it got rolled over by change rather than going with it. Yeah. And I think there were, the, you know, I've mentioned car parking several times. It was a massive issue when those kind of increases come in, it impacts the number of people that come in or how long they stay. Internet shopping, you know, and online shopping is something that was happening around them. Um, and perhaps they weren't looking at how they could still offer this amazing service in the city, competing with the online shopping, you know, the, mm -hmm. the lower pricing and everything. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the things that I obviously want to get into with you today is around you know, the, the world has changed. We're, it's an online world now. A lot of business is done online and you need to have a presence online. So I want to get to that. But the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about before uh, we, we talk about that is that the first time I met you, uh, you were speaking at a conference. And obviously, you, you mentioned that your role in the city centre was a forward facing role. So I think you grow, you use speaking to grow your brand and business. And is that something you've always done? Uh, actually, before that, um, I worked for the local government. And prior to that, I worked in the charity sector. So I had to put myself out there and I had to raise awareness, particularly in the voluntary sector of the work that we did. So I have always been a person that is very comfortable on a stage or in front of a microphone or talking about the things that I'm really really passionate about mm -hmm. so I suppose my whole career has been putting myself out there um, <laughs> and I'm very fortunate that I feel comfortable in that role in front of people and, and sharing a purpose or sharing the work that I'm involved in so I have to say that I'm very fortunate in that respect but equally, it's something that's so important, particularly in the, the world that we're in now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, mean, I can tell from where you're phrasing that. I mean, a lot of people get hung up before they're going to speak and it's a, thinking it's about them. And it's not if you, you know, everything that you just said in the way that you said it was focusing on the message and the passion and, 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 the, and the sort of what the reason why you're speaking is that that helps you keep things manageable in terms of your own you know nerves I guess it is and and I and I do feel p for people um very much so that do not feel confident in standing up and there's there's lots of little tactics and and techniques that you can use to make yourself more, co more confident but you're absolutely right it's always about the message and it's always about the people in front of you it's not about you and I think if you can get that um mindset it does help you but even the the smallest things and I still get nervous um, and I would rather speak to a group of 300 people than I would a small room of 20 when I know that 20 people. <laughs> we all get a little bit nervous and I think that's good. It makes me better at what I do when I have those nerves. But I always say to everyone, you'll notice when I speak, I always wear high-heeled shoes and it's because it makes me stand tall, uh -huh. pull my shoulders back and then you can breathe better. It makes me slow down in, in how I present um, you know, and talk. Um, and that gives you that little bit more thinking time. Because as I'm sure you can notice, I, I do talk very fast and I get really excited. 
but um, always wear high-heeled shoes. Obviously not a good tip for men. I was going to say. <laughs> not a good tip for men. <laughs> although although I did see uh, on Strictly this week, there was a lot of Cuban heels knocking around. So, so they, they probably would just about work. They, they would do. <laughs> <laughs> it's also about um, just, just calming yourself and finding that, that moment just to take breath before you go on stage or before you present or, or, or before you coach or teach or anything really and centering yourself and I'm not much for a holistic approach and I'm not very good with that sort of arena but um, it is about centering yourself. Exactly I think those are really really good tips for sort of having having something that you gives you confidence you know I think we had um, the magician on uh, Richard Parsons and he said he always rehearses in the outfit he's gonna wear and you know and those sorts of things work you know whatever you need to give you that bit of confidence I would say you know obviously we're going to talk about online world and how vital would you say speaking is in your part of as your part of your marketing strategy for your business is is it something that you factor in as one arm of that marketing strategy absolutely it's and it's a really important part of what i do and i'm always looking for opportunities to speak and and share my knowledge and, and part of that is i love to see those light bulb moments in a room when they go oh yeah i, I get that now and and that's what gets gives me a real buzz and gets me really really excited but equally it's really important that I'm out there and doing that face-to-face networking and marketing because everything can feel like you're just sat behind a laptop. You're, you know, whether it's a Mac or a PC, whatever you're sat behind and you become quite insular. Mm. And, and actually that's quite a dangerous place to be, I think. So yes, I, for me, it's absolutely a vital element of my marketing, finding the right groups and being able to share my knowledge and not just because I get a buzz from it, but because I need to reach out to a wider audience. And I love the opportunity actually of pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So going somewhere where I haven't been before or talking to a group that I haven't met before and maybe even talking on a subject that's you know, perhaps not my favourite subject. So, you know, social media, I can talk till I'm, you know, the cows come home yeah. kind of thing, but actually pushing myself and that's really important to hone my craft um, and to make me the best speaker that I possibly can because that shows me as the expert and it's an opportunity for people to get to know me because I think that's what's really important about actual networking and being face to face is we do business with people because we like them Um, we want to connect and we need to create that connection and sometimes that's much easier face to face than it is through social media shall we say that's a good example yeah no it, it is absolutely true I mean I find often you know for instance I run a, a comedy course and and I find once people have met me they're much happier to do the course because yes. that's such a massive thing doing stand-up comedy you need to have trust in and I think meeting me face to face or perhaps you know, seeing me sometimes on video may, may give people that sort of confidence. So, and, and I think the other point you made is really important for entrepreneurs and business owners. You can get isolated and sometimes the ideas you come up with on your own, if yeah. you don't road test them, can send you down a rabbit hole. So I think networking from that perspective as well is, is crucial for growing your business. You mentioned a really crucial word for me there, trust. 
and that face to face is how you really build that genuine trust and that's how you build the relationship that will enable you to you know maybe take that client on or to work with that client or to sell your product or your services because it is about building trust and it's about being genuine and really authentic and i'm so keen on that word or you know authenticity because that's what people buy into and I want people to buy into me because I am my business yeah. so yeah that, that trust is a really really crucial word for me and what just mentioning the word authenticity it's it's you know it's something that I'm currently looking at for something else that I'm doing you know it's a real you know authenticity integrity transparency the words at the moment that a kind of society is holding up as a sort of quality assurance as a kite mark as a differentiator and and yet on social media there's a lot of spin i guess that's where the face to face comes in but people aren't being as authentic perhaps as they can be because they feel they need to be showing the successful side i mean how do you how do you square that away I and mean, what does authenticity mean to you I think um, it's really interesting, actually, because as you can imagine, I sign up to a lot of newsletters and <laughs> receive a lot of information. Um, and some of it is brilliant. And I've learned some amazing you know, tidbits. And, um, but I had one week where I, and I actually blogged about it because I was just feeling awful. It was these beautiful, glamorous women with this amazing hair and whitened teeth and I was beginning to feel really quite inadequate. <laughs> and then I had to sort of stop myself and go, OK. I'm me and it's okay to be me and it's okay that my teeth haven't been whitened and you know I mean I would need a huge amount of plastic surgery to look that good and a makeup <laughs> artist and a hairstylist on tap to look that good so I sort of had to you know pull myself back and and I think I, I blogged about it because I wanted to show that even I feel those moments where I just go, I'm just no good at this. Or I, I'm, I just can't compete with these women. And then I had to sort of draw myself back and go, but I'm me. And, and people want to work with me because I'm honest and, and they can trust me. And I'm really genuine. And what I, I, I commit to what I say I'm going to do. And I think that's the key. And I, I, that sort of goes back to another sort of marketing element where I think it's really important to know what your competitors are doing. But equally, I think it's important to stay true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not compare. I think this is, we're all on a journey. I think this is, that's a yeah. really good point you made there. You know, it's great to sort of see what everyone else is doing. I think the, the sort of comparing yourself with others isn't necessarily as healthy as, no, you know, for, for yourself. And I remember, I've forgotten his name, the chap, uh, really good actor in his Oscar speech was saying the person he compares himself to is him in 10 years time. And I think that's, <laughs> that's brilliant that's I must remember his name I'll put it in the in the show notes but um that's kind of a, a great sort of tip which I try and hold on to because there's always going to be someone better more successful more wealthy more beautiful you know and, and ahead of you but where you are is probably where you should be as long as you you know you're making progress that's that's the most important thing and, and it's that journey isn't it and I yeah. think the journey is really important and your journey is very very personal to you um, and I think I see that a lot actually with my clients around marketing. They say, well, I want to do this, this, this. And I say, oh, well, okay. but why are we doing all of that? Well, I've seen that they're doing that and now we need to be doing this. And actually just be true to yourself and, and think about, what, about your business and your audience. 
Um, and I think that's really important. I found an interesting quote actually about social media. Now we're sort of moving in that direction. It's a guy called John Jantz and he said, social media is a tactic, not a religion. And <laughs> I, I guess I wanted to get your take on that as a sort of social media expert. I, mean, I always say it's, it's, it's a method, it's a mechanism, it's part of your overall marketing strategy and it should never be all of what you do unless, of course, you know, there are people that make very good businesses out of just social media. But, you know, for, the, for, the, for most of us, it has to be part of your overall strategy. And what I see is people get so down about social media, it's not working, I, I don't know how, and I'm bogged down by it and, and I don't want to do all of it. And, and that goes back to feeling you have to be everywhere and doing everything and you don't just have to be where your audience is and, and I think that's um it's a very good quote actually and I I use um a Wikipedia, Wikipedia explains social media is is virtual networking and I find that very very powerful because actually if you think about it the same as actual networking it takes time to develop relationships it takes commitment to social media to make it work for you and you can't expect results overnight you wouldn't meet someone at a breakfast networking and expect to send them sell them your high-end program or your biggest product after having your first cup of coffee with them you develop a relationship and, and social media is that social it's a virtual network and I think that's really important to remember as well I really like that that's that's actually helped me because I think like you I'm on a lot of um, you know, social media marketing world and Pat Flynn I love and all sorts of good stuff. But I just find it, I can't keep up with it. It's there's too much going on. And it's like they cut the emails come in and I just like, I feel guilty because they're telling me about some new tactic. And I'm just like, I haven't got the bandwidth mentally or, or no. capacity wise to cope with it. And, and I, I'm coming to the conclusion that I need to focus in, like you said, where my audience is, maybe go go narrow to start off with and conquer one sort of platform yeah. before moving on to another one and I mean, is that a good strategy to sort of keep sane yes and I think keep sane is a really good <laughs> phrase because social media can send you wild um yeah I think for some of my clients they might be on three or four platforms and I always say to them well which one do you enjoy using the most for a start you know and providing your audience is there focus on that one or two and often it's Facebook or Twitter um, depending on what kind of business you're in it might be the LinkedIn and it's just saying okay where am I going to get the best results from my activity and focus on those and I think Snapchat's a really good example of it came on and came around and I was like right I must be on Snapchat I must work it out I've got to work it out and do you know what I can't work it out Neither I. I, I, I don't get it and I think I'm a pretty intelligent woman and then I recently I've been coaching a young woman in her um, sort of late 20s early 30s and she said the same things as me she said it's clunky it's not easy to use so I, it was really good to know that someone who was younger than me didn't get it either. No, I, I, I feel exactly the same way about Snapchat. It's not intuitive at all. I can't work no. it out. It's funny, isn't it? Because I thought, well, I, I need to practice with it. But I haven't got any friends that are using <laughs> it. You know, we're all in our 50s. I haven't got any friends on Snapchat. But I think, you know, and then I was able to say to myself, okay, it's fine. You've had a little play with it. And, you know, your audience is not age 13 to 19. So you're not going to find them there anyway. But I felt that I needed to understand it for my client base. But actually, I wouldn't be recommending it to anyone no. unless they wanted to work with teenagers. Yeah. And even then, you know, how are you going to use it? 
<laughs> we we digress slightly, but yes, and um, but, it's not for me. Yes, suffice to say, Snapchat is not high on my or your agenda. But <laughs> but what I wanted to cover off with you is, I mean, this show is primarily aimed at speakers and well, obviously anyone who uses speaking to grow their business. So that'll be also in the corporate world or or in business owners or entrepreneurs. But have you got some tips for speakers around maybe which platforms they should be using depending on their target sort of market? And, and then we can move on and, and actually get some tips for each of those platforms maybe. I think what's really important, we've mentioned it a couple of times now, is audience. And, and that's really essential. If your audience is using, whether it's um, Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest, first of all, it's about recognizing where your audience hang out is a term I like to use. You know, where are they engaging? Where are they going to find the answers to their questions and, and the solutions to their problems? Um, and once you're really clear on who your audience is and where they are, you can then decide which one of those platforms you want to focus on. And I have to say that I think um, Twitter, I, I'm a real Twitter fan. I think it gives you access to, this, to the world um, so much easier than Facebook does. Um, it's much easier to use. It's much easier to reach out and it's much easier to connect with people. Oh. So for me, I feel that Twitter is a really valuable place to be. Um, Facebook, it takes much more time. I think if you're going to use Facebook, you need to have a, allocated a budget for some kind of form of advertising yeah. um, because it's much harder to get the reach and there are some things you can do to improve your reach on Facebook then if you're actually wanting to work with corporates or businesses LinkedIn really really is the place to be and then again depending on who your audience is I mean I, I've really got into Instagram I, I was a real Pinterest girl um, <laughs> and I've moved to Instagram and I think there is a lot of um, benefit to using Instagram because it enables you to show where you are today or if you're speaking or it it's the clues in the title it's instant take a picture send a message you know almost ha you can have less of a strategy yeah. and I use Instagram more to show my personality so if you looked at my Instagram account there's a sort of a mixture I've I've just been away to Spain with my girlfriends and you know so it was a girly weekend and there was a couple of snaps of that or you know I, I sit at my desk and I've got my books out and I'll take a picture of my my Mac and, and the books that are out with my website up and so it's more of a here I am and this is what I'm doing in this instant um, I kind of fell out of love with Pinterest although I think if if you're selling products to women you know the figures vary but um, you know 85 percent you know 81 to 85 percent is female the audience is female on Pinterest so if you're if you're wanting to reach out to a female audience and you have a product to sell to them but each one kind of needs its own little strategy in some ways you need to be clear on how you're going to use it I use Twitter to reach out to people, to connect with people. I use it to have conversations with people, you know, when I'm sat in the car, when I'm waiting for the kids, you know, I can use it in various different ways. Facebook, I have quite a clear strategy. It's where I tell people about my offering. It's where I share information, tips, advice and guidance. Um, the same in my Facebook group. And actually, Facebook groups are really good if you want to read. If you've got a community already, yeah. a Facebook group gives you such greater reach and engagement than having a page. 
Um, so I think it depends. I would definitely where your audience is yeah. um, and what do you want to achieve by it? So, you know, I kind of used Instagram already as an example. It's where I want to show a bit of my personality, who I am and what I'm yeah. doing in the day. Facebook is where I'm sharing um, my knowledge but equally I do a little bit of that, of that on Twitter but you've only got 140 characters so I was thinking you can have a bit more fun <laughs> I think this is this is a really good point actually because I think you know whether you're a speaker or a business owner or an entrepreneur there's like there's two dimensions to this whole sort of personal brand thing which which are, you know you've kind of highlighted but just to go into a bit more detail and, and see if you agree so there's the side of you that needs to show why you're different your kind of USP that's your sort of expert and your authority stuff but people also need to be able to relate to you and you know so you, you need to show that human side as well you know that you love cats or whatever it happens to be yeah. and I think so it sounds like that that Instagram is showing that human side of you and some of the other platforms are showing your expertise and your sort of authority. Is that is that right? That's how it fit. That's how it's kind of um, grown for me, and that's that's how I'm comfortable with it. It's a little bit easier for me because I am my business, yeah. so I I share what I'm comfortable with. If if you had a team of people and someone responsible for your social media activity, then you need to have those discussions around what's the personality of the brand? What's the personality of the business? And get behind the scenes of the business where yeah. I am the business, so it's very easy for me to get behind the scenes of it. But you can do you know, really well with you know, a, small, a small organization with four or five members of staff. To someone who had a thousand employees, it's about getting behind the scenes of the business and showing the personality. So I think there's different ways of doing it. But I, I think it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, people buy from people. Yes. Yeah. And they want to get to know that person. And if I'm just pushing out all the time stuff about why people should do business with me or my latest product or anything, it's not going to work. And actually, that, that's a nice link to saying that keep in mind all the time that social media is a two way conversation. It's not about just pushing out. We need to draw people in. And to do that, you need to be engaging and you need to show up. And I think this is where people struggle with social media. They'll say, but I'm doing three posts to Facebook a week and I'm doing um, one update on LinkedIn and I'm doing one tweet a day. <laughs> that's, and that's brilliant. If that's what you've decided you, you can manage, brilliant. But then how are you engaging? Yeah. You know, what are you doing you know, spend a little bit of time looking at the, you know, your clients' accounts and liking and sharing and commenting, you know, look at the accounts of people that you'd love to really, really work with and make yourself known to them. And it does work. There's, I don't know if anyone's used Meet Edgar, which is a fantastic um, social media platform. I've heard and about it. it. I haven't used it yet, but it's supposed to be really good. It is. And in fact, I don't use it, but their blogs are amazing. Oh. So I quite often share their blogs and I'll put something on Twitter, you know, I'd use the title of their blog. And then I'll say by the fab peeps at, at Meet Edgar or whatever I've decided. And they retweet my tweets and they like my tweets. And recently I had a phone call from um, a potential client who said, I've just been looking at Meet Edgar and you're on their website. It's like, what do you mean I'm on their website? <laughs> and they have sort of a page where they say, I can't remember if they call it top peeps or, you know, people that are sharing or people that like us. I can't remember. But they had one of my tweets. And so it had that brown burden. What great publicity. I can't yeah. pay for that. 
no that's actually i couldn't afford it (laughs) but there you know and there's a couple of others um i engage with as well and they're they're predominantly social media but equally i love that you can have chats with people and you can reach out to people that i probably wouldn't have been able to connect with without twitter and um i don't know do you use any of the twitter hours i haven't are they good good things to use I love a good Twitter hour. So a Twitter hour works on the basis, and there are hundreds and hundreds of them to choose from, but they work on the basis that will happen on the same day every week between a certain time. So if we use Salisbury hour, for instance, which is obviously where I'm based. So Salisbury hour is every Wednesday between eight and nine. So whatever you tweet during the hour, use hashtag Salisbury hour and it will appear in the feed and all those people that are participating will retweet or their comment or you know they'll ask questions i love twitter hours and there's some amazing you know you can pretty much find anything for your niche but yeah it's a great way to communicate with people i've met some great new businesses that i didn't know were around i've had conversations with people and it really is a little bit of fun brilliant that's a really good tip and i guess I, the other thing i was thinking when you were talking about twitter was if you're a speaker and you want to target a particular conference or something that you aspire to speak at in the future then twitter might be a great way to get the attention of the conference organizer in terms of retweeting or following the hashtag or something like that. Would that be a good strategy for getting gigs? Absolutely, because it shows that you're interested and it shows that, you, you know, that you're turning up, that you're engaging, even though you perhaps aren't there or you know, that you're interested. And that starts that conversation. Um, it's a really, really great way to communicate with people. In fact, I look at hashtags for quite a lot of things that are happening. And if you don't understand how to hashtag searches work or the power of them, next time you've got the TV on and there's a reality show or something pops up, you know, hashtag X Factor or hashtag um, Celebrity Big Brother, you know, any of those, just search on on the Twitter app and you will see the engagement and it will give you an idea of how clever these are. And there's no reason why you can't start your own. No, exactly, exactly right. And I I think this goes back to what you said a few, you know, a few moments ago, what is your strategy? Because I think you've got to start with that because either you can, you can waste time on social media because, you know, I, I, I waste time on social media. Sometimes you get down a rabbit hole and you're like, well, hold on, where's that two hours gone that yeah. I should have been doing other stuff. So if you're strategic about it, then you'll, you know, you'll know where your audience is, you'll know what you're using it for. And it's not to be completely sort of cold because you need to engage a network, like you said, but but to make sure you're focused on there, it goes back to making sure you're using it to move your business forward. Absolutely. And in fact, I was um, in my Facebook group the other day or on my page, I can't remember, but I was talking about social media and business and someone said it's the biggest procrastination tool ever. <laughs> and it is. Um, you know, and I used to work with people actually that used um, Pinterest and Pinterest is a good example. And I used to say, okay, if you're going to use Pinterest and I do it for myself, so I still go back to my own account on occasion. I set a timer. I give myself 10 minutes or 15 minutes. That's all I'm allowed because you'll, you'll jump in and you'll disappear. Yeah. And exactly that. You'll come back. I used to manage a Pinterest account for somebody and I was supposed to do two 10 minute sessions a week. I'd be in there for hours, <laughs> you know, not earning any money, just looking at all these pretty things, you know, and it takes you off to a blog that you might read and, 
Yeah, so I would say you really do need to have a strategy on how you're using social media to ensure that you're not using it as a procrastination tool to put off what's really, really important and the focus of that day or that week. Um, and there are some tips around, you know, turning off your notifications or being really disciplined. I'm quite disciplined. Yeah. I like to have the notifications on, but I'm quite disciplined in not going in and, and losing myself. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you about that. I noticed a quote on your on your uh, website i love a deadline as much as an oversized tote bag <laughs> i'm getting the yeah. impression either you're organized or you don't like bags i can't work i'm assuming it's the, the former I, I do love um, a deadline and a tote bag, actually, um, and shoes. Yeah, I think deadlines are really, really important to me because uh, the way that I work, I provide hands-on services to my clients um, and coaching and mentoring. And the hands-on stuff, I need to have deadlines and you need to be focused on, on what you're doing. And I, and I do manage people's social media accounts for them. And it's really important that I stay focused and true to their aims and their goals in whatever I do. And I would say 95% of the work that I do um, hands-on or done for you is marketing. And it's really important that we stay focused and true to what the aims are of my client. And I think overall, we should all do that and not, <laughs> not yeah, social media could, could stop you from achieving some pretty major things. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then going back, so there's the, there's the interaction on those platforms and then there's the profiles. How important is what you say on your profile to developing your brand and, and growing your business? And particularly, I guess, for anyone who's a speaker that's looking to get in corporate, have you got any tips around LinkedIn profile? The, the first thing I would say about any of your social media platforms is there must be consistency of brand and of message and that must link back to your website. If I went to your Facebook page, uh -oh. would I know I'd found you? And that's a really, really good question to ask yourself. So look at your, your Twitter profile, look at your website, your Facebook, have, have them all open, as many tabs as you can manage and flick yeah. back and forth. If I landed on one, would I know that I'd found you? And I've been looking at somebody's recently and everything was so different. It was, I was really struggling to find out if I'd found the right person or the right business. So consistency of brand, message and, and overall look and feel is really, really important. If I change a banner, for instance, on my LinkedIn profile, I'll change them all. Okay. Um, you, should, you should see the same banner or the same profile picture. Um, again, with your bio, I think I always suggest that people start with their Twitter bio first because you I think you actually have 160 characters for your bio. If you can do that really well and hit the mark with that, that should then be the first paragraph in your about section of your Facebook page and then go on to sort of further explain what you do or, or what you're passionate about. And I think you can almost use that statement in your LinkedIn profile, for instance. So really think carefully about brand message, making sure that your bio has consistency across all of them. And if I usually if I change it on Twitter, I'll change it on everything. Um, if you do anyone listening today, if you do anything, go and check your contact details are correct and your links work because you'd be surprised how many times I go oh that's brilliant I'll just go to their website and like, oh, their link doesn't work and it's so easy sometimes it's a little typo and you're doing it quickly and we don't go back and show our social media platforms the love that they deserve I always like to think 
we get them up and running and, and we're off. But actually, go back, even if it's every six months or every 12 months, diary it to go, okay, let me look at it. Is that still who I am today? Is that still reflecting my business today? It's your reception to your business, isn't it, almost? And if people Absolutely. enter that reception and they see, you know, things don't work and all that good stuff, then it reflects on you, I guess. It does. It's, it's almost with this sort of online marketing, digital marketing, whatever you want to call it. It's all the different touch points that your potential client or customer or that great conference that you know you want to speak at. That, they're all the touch points that they will find you at. So you need to be showing up in the most professional way. Um, have everything accurate and correct and, sh and show yourself a, the, the amazing person that you are or the amazing business that you are and don't miss any of those opportunities. So yeah, they're what I call the touch points. Social media is where you should ideally be driving traffic back to your website, whether that's to a particular page or to a particular service. But your website is where you have put your hard-earned cash, where social media is free. It's not free in your time or budget if you're doing any advertising, but potentially the platform itself is free to use. So make sure you're, where possible, always drive traffic back to your website. You don't have to all the time, but um, it's one of our, I would say, as, as often as possible, drive traffic back to your website because that's where you want people to engage with you and that's where they can find out more about you, really. Brilliant. So obviously, I think people, most people know about sort of um, search engine optimization and keywords and stuff in relation to Google. Should we be thinking about that, those sort of keywords in our profiles and bios? I think we should. There is something to bear in mind that actually your social media platforms have very little, if, if any, impact on your search engine opt there is no search engine optimization however if you google my name you'll probably find that my twitter and my linkedin profile come up before my website oh. they're very very valuable and i talk about optimizing your social media channels to ensure that you know the contact details and everything else are correct um, and and that's how you optimize them to ensure that you're showing yourself at your best so they don't really have a impact as such. However, um, for instance, on Facebook, on your about section, you can now add all your other social media um, channels. In LinkedIn, you can add, you can put your website on, but you can add your other social media channels. So all the time you're creating these links back to you from various different places. So it's about spreading yourself, I suppose, um, in the places where you want to be to ensure that you can maximize the potential that is there and maximize the, the potential for reaching out and being found. Well, the other thing, so we mentioned about how people find social media overwhelming and I noticed another quote, you, you say that, um, you know, a lot of people feel when the, when the social media is mentioned, it, they roll their eyes and it's <laughs> like too much. And, and, and there's also, um, I, I wanted to talk about this challenge that you've got coming up. You, you say that in five days, you can take you from R to ooh confidently in social media. Is there one coming up and how often do you run them and how can people get involved? Well, this is the first one I've run, actually. And the reason I put it together, I'm kind of answering all the frequently asked questions. 
Okay. So all those questions I get asked, like, how do I engage? How do, how do I use it? How many times do I post? You know, well, what do I do? How do I make it work? <laughs> I'm taking all those questions that I get asked and all those questions are asked normally when people are looking at me, their shoulders are down, their heads down. And they're just saying, I don't get it, Lindsay. I don't know how to make it work, but I know I need to be there. Um, so I've taken all those questions. And I'm going to answer them in a series. Hopefully in, in five days, I will take you to feeling more confident. And um, by signing up, you get two bonus emails, which are some activity that you can take now. Really simple. And I talk you through the process of how to optimize those social media channels. And then each day you'll receive an email that will tell you something about a particular social media platform that you might not know and that you should be using to maximize that potential. Um, that social media offers to you hopefully in a fun and interactive way um, with an opportunity to join my Facebook group community and sort of come back and say oh this worked or that worked or now I'm still struggling and so I'll be there to answer any other questions and I've done it and then I have to say that I, I've struggled to put it together not because it's difficult to put together but almost I wanted to give too much to everybody oh, yeah. because I know how difficult people find it mm. so I've almost have to tame myself to ensure that I'm giving really great value to make a difference. And that's really important to me. It's the same when I speak. I, when, I, if, when you're offered the opportunity to speak and talk about your business, actually, I don't want to talk about my business. I don't want to run a challenge to, to promote my business. I want to make a difference. I want people to have small actions that they can do there and then that will make a difference to their business or the way they show up or the way they are able to then go and talk to someone or present at another event. And that's what's really important to me. And it's why I wanted to put the challenge together. You don't have to sign up to a massive course. These are just really small things that you can do today that will start to make a difference. And that's what's important to me. Cool. And um, so presumably, can they get onto that through going to your website, find out more about that? Um, it, I've got a landing page, so I will share with you the link um, and you can maybe put it into the notes if that, that would be a good way of doing it and you can just sign up it's as I say it's absolutely free the earlier you sign up you'll get your two bonus emails and then it's just five days of inter social media interaction excellent now I have I have some standard questions that I have ask all my guests before we we do that is there anything else you think is absolutely vital for people or speakers to know around social media uh, or just, I think we've covered quite a lot. It's been some really useful tips uh, that you've given us today. But anything else you think is absolutely vital, perhaps we haven't? The one thing I would, I would say to anybody, and we have touched on it, you don't have to be everywhere. And it's really, really important. Don't feel you have to be everywhere. Don't feel that you've got to be brilliant at four platforms. Choose the platforms that are right for you where your audience um, can be found and focus on those. Don't, don't spread yourself too thinly. If you can do one really well, focus on one. Um, so that, if you take anything away, I think that's really important. And remember... Um, when you're speaking, you can be as nervous as hell, but they don't know it. True. You may even stumble a little bit or you may perhaps forget to cover a certain element. No one else knows that. Yeah. Only so, you. So yeah. just, you know, keep confident and keep going. So I think there, there are two things, really. Um, and, and wear that, high heels, basically. Um, wear high heels, <laughs> shoulders back so you can breathe absolutely brilliant thank you okay so one of the things i always ask people is what is the best thing that speaking has done for you and it could be career or personal 
I've had some amazing opportunities to speak. And for me, what it does is it more often than not puts me in front of people that I don't know. And I have gained clients from speaking. Probably the most amazing opportunity I had to speak was when I was invited to South Wilts Grammar School, which is the local grammar school. So they have two conferences a year and the one is around universities and one is women in business. And I was invited to speak as their keynote speaker and open their conference um, and was able to talk about my journey from school and where I was today and all that I'd learnt along the way and how I'd used you know, working in a fish factory in New Zealand and hiring out jet skis in Australia and how all of those things, you know, made me who I am today. And I'd learned so much from all of the opportunities that I've had along the way. And for me, that was pretty special to be able to do that. And in fact, I was invited to stay for the whole day and did four short presentations, working with small groups, teaching the girls um, skills for presentation for their interviewing at university and it was really quite special yeah and and so it wasn't and that's what I mean speaking opportunities aren't always the chance to meet a new client or to to tell people about what you do sometimes they're just amazing opportunities brilliant that's excellent thank you and then and what's your biggest speaking blooper I'm assuming it's when you forgot to wear your high heels one time it happened but um what what is, is there anything that sort of springs to mind that you went oh no do you know what? I don't think there is. I can't think of it. And possibly because um, I always prepare and I like to, I don't have to use PowerPoint, but I quite like having PowerPoints or at least having notes. I think there has been occasions when I've gone, I really wish I'd said that or okay. I really should that. And sometimes that happens because someone asks a question, you're taken off on a tangent. I will say I did speak somewhere. Um, I think it was at the... Um, international women's conference at Bowood and I arrived on on stage opening it it must have been this year and I was opening it and I looked down and where I'd walked from the car in my shoes were covered in mud <laughs> so that wasn't a great look for the rest of the day so you know and just hadn't even noticed so yeah that wasn't great um but I can't think of anything that particularly has gone as I say because it's not you haven't gone wrong because no one else knows exactly that yeah you, they would only know if you let them know by by body language and behavior and stuff well yeah. that's really helpful cool yeah. and then the last one I don't know if you've read a book called Think and Grow Rich by a chap called Napoleon Hill I um, haven't it's on my list yeah it's it's a really good book um, you'll, you'll see when you read it there's a bit in there which he he talks about mastermind groups and 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 you know we talked about networking how useful it is but he used them it was sort of like a fantasy group that he created to sort of run his thinking and ideas by and I wonder if you could choose three mentors and they can be alive or dead real or fictional who would you choose and why to be in your mastermind group oh <clears throat> I, I'd really like Alan Sugar <laughs> And part of that is because I like the fact he came from being a barrow boy. He's done it and he's been there. And, you know, I think what we see on the TV, that's his TV persona. And I would actually like to meet him as a person because I think that's probably not the real him. But he's been there. He's done it and, and done it from, a, you know, working on markets. I mean, that, 
it's from the very beginnings yeah. and I think he would be really interesting I've heard Karen Brady speak and I'd really um would be interested in in working with her and finding out more about her and and how she could help me I think she would be a really good person I've also heard um Baroness Michelle Moan speak and oh, she yeah. was pretty special and pretty amazing and again you know she has come from you know growing up in Glasgow and she was talking about going to the baths once a week and it was kind of she's come from that rawness um and wanting to do something else and and wanting to do better and 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 had a real sort of up and down um business life if you like you know had it all and lost it all so i think she'd be really really interesting um so there's three there's probably some more actually because i think there are different people that give you different different, yeah it's really good ones well smashing Thank you so much for being uh, on the show. Um, I will put your links in the show notes, but um, I know, I think you're quite consistent across your social media platforms. It's at Brown Burden if people want to connect with you. That's it is. Right, across all of them? Pretty much, yes, you will find me. Yes, well, that's definitely on Twitter. Please connect with me on Twitter. I'd love to hear how you felt the show went or, or have any questions for me. Excellent. No, that's brilliant. And then the and your website is uh, www.brownburden.com. Again, uh, consistent there. Well, as I say, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, please connect with Lindsay. She she will uh, network with you online. And if you do want to find out more about the course and uh, the five day challenge, then um, check the show notes and and get on that. Thanks ever so much again. You have a, a wonderful day, Lindsay. Thank you. You're welcome. Lovely to speak to you, Sam. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that and found it useful. I know I did. I'm going to be putting some of those social media tips into action this week. Who knows, you may even notice. Now, as I always say at the end of the show, if you've listened to the podcast and a few others and you you like it, you haven't subscribed yet, why not? Get a move on. You don't want to miss another episode, do you? And if you can leave a review, that would be wonderful. It really helps to share the message in. If you like it, other people might like it too, as I said before. Next week's show will be Storytelling Part 2. So look out for that one. Thanks ever so much for listening again. I really appreciate you giving me your time. As I say, I hope you enjoyed it. And I will see you next week. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book, Straight to the Top. It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is, and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.